Welcome to the podcast that aims to create the world that we desire. My name is Michael Ankara and on this podcast I hope to embark on a journey with you to activate the awesome power that I believe each human being possesses. I believe that when we activate this power that lies dormant within us, we will be able to live in exactly the kind of world that we create for ourselves rather than live in the world that others create. You see, to create the world that we desire, we need to develop mastery, you know, in certain aspects of our life so that we are able to always live in a state of empowerment. We are able to empower ourselves and not allow the vigorous of the world, the things happening within our environment or other people to affect us. And sometimes I look at people and I see events around me. And I know I've been there before because uh, there were times where traffic would just drive people crazy and emotions would be just out of the roof. And this is a state where we are really not in control because we actually are capable of creating exactly what we desire because my chief delusion really is the thought that there are causes other than their own state of consciousness all that befalls a man all that is done by him all that comes from him happens as a result of a state of consciousness and this is from Neville Goddard if we therefore control our state of mind we control our world This is where we exercise our power of choice, the choice to respond to events, not as others expect us, but according to the way or the world that we seek to create. So far on this podcast, we have explored the spiritual connection between Adam, Eve and the Garden of Eden. And today's episode really is a continuation of that. Uh, Today I would like to actually explore the concept of sin. Uh, What does sin mean in the spiritual sense and how does it differ from the religious understanding and application of sin? Because we live in a world that is founded on competing amongst ourselves. This competitive mindset is enough to always make us afraid so we live in fear fear of being judged and these factors are able to control our lives so there are many people who have talents skills and abilities and for the mere fact that perhaps your talent may not be able to generate money or gain a certain recognition among people judgment uh, they may just ignore those and try to pursue things that they believe uh, will gain the recognition of people. We are all brought up this way and until you develop the ability to uh, divorce ourselves from that, we are perpetually captured in that. And this problem or difficulty of mankind is actually captured in the Bible story of creation. When we are compared or when we are being judged, these tendencies are the very description of what the Bible describes 
as the original sin. Now, we shouldn't, you know, think of ourselves as being better or, yeah, why me? You know, why should this happen to me and not to others? Because we do so because that's how we have been brought up. Let me give you an example. When you go to school right there, you are thought without even realizing it that you always want to be better than somebody. Who comes first? Who comes second? There's always a numbers game. What did you get? You got 95, 85. And so this competition is, you know, a part of everything that we do. And because of that, because of that nature, everybody wants to find a way of creating their own niche, a way that they know that in some way they are better than somebody. You know, and let's think of this question, for instance. I posted this on my Facebook page, but what makes Usain Bolt important in our world? Everyone seems to hold him in a very high esteem. It's not just Usain Bolt. Uh, mention any footballer or other people who are celebrated, therefore called celebrated. What makes them important? And I think the irony is this. You find people who have no understanding of what these people do but somehow they are in awe of them and the only reason you know is because the world will tell you that look at their net worth you know net worth they have so much and that and for things like athletics and sports you know um, football and like all these things are actually used to entrench the fundamental principle on which the world operates, and that's competition. So even though not all of us, majority of people will not be athletes, these people are projected and acclaimed so that we see that this is the life. In life, you must win. If you don't win in athletics, you must win in whatever you find yourself. But what if we think of life in a different way? And I would like us to go back to really uh, the story of creation and then we can understand how we became what we are. You see, because when we all arrived in this world, we were not like that. We were not competitive. We didn't see the other as a competition and therefore wanting to be better. But this thing is rooted in the story of creation. And if we look at uh, Genesis 2 uh, from verse 15, it says, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And then the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, this particular passage is misunderstood by many Christians and many people and they do what they normally do with many parts of the Bible that is look at it in the literal sense so they think of eating the fruit as you know some physical fruit that you eat but the Bible always gives clues the Bible you know in Genesis chapter 3, when we read from 
um, verse 6 to verse 7 when the woman saw that the fruit of the trees was good for food and pleasing to the eyes and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who also who was with her and he ate it then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized that they were naked so they sealed fig, fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves now this is a spiritual test and one of the things which is very evident here is this the fruit that is being referred to here is not a physical fruit if we look at the outcome what happened when they ate it it says that they gained so they started thinking in a different way and what did they start thinking they started thinking that food the tree was you know it was good for food and pleasing to the eye so whereas the resources of the world has been made free and we were free to enjoy now we are making judgment so we decide you know and that is this story of creation is the story of every human being so now instead of living in abundance some people want more because they believe that they can use their knowledge or they can gather to acquire what they believe is pleasant so it's, it's not just good enough to have a place to sleep but we want to have a mansion it's not good enough to have a car to move you from point a to point b you want to have the car that nobody has and that comes in the way we are conditioned that is the fact that we see our worth or we we see value or we see success in the things that we have that others do not it is not because intrinsically um certain things have any value to us i mean think of it if a man has 10 cars how many of these cars would they drive at the same time or if you have a, a you know a mansion of 30 bedrooms you can only but sleep in one bedroom you can only but lie lay in one bed but yet we get satisfaction because look at me i have a 30 bedroom house and you have you know nothing or you have that tiny thing and that is why we live in a world where there are people god's children who have little or nothing to eat and then there are all the other people who have so much that they throw food away play games with food and act as if it is nothing and you ask yourself why can't we all realize this but we don't because as human beings by our upbringing the people who live in this part of the world would like to have something do something possess something that make them feel that they are better than other people even if that thing doesn't really give them any value per se and that is where sin comes in so the the 
The question of sin from the religious sense is often misconstrued. You know, people will say, you do this, it's a sin, and you don't do that, it's a sin. And I I made note of a very uh, typical example. One time I was watching an episode of um, Judge Judy, and there was this young man who was 22 years old, and he was labeled in the other party was constantly hammering on the fact that he was on the sex offenders register. So I could see from the judge's demeanor and reaction and said, what happened? How did he get on the register? And then he said he had a relationship and obviously had an affair with a 16-year-old. And because of this incident, which by the statutes of the U.S. or whichever state he found himself, he's now labeled, well, he's guilty of a crime which is a sin in the religious or legal sense, and this is going to live with him for a while. But then if you go to a country like, say, Saudi Arabia or other parts of the world, children younger than 16 are able to be given away in marriage and nothing happens. So that Anything that is only applicable at a particular time or in a particular place is a religious and an arbitrary declaration which is not spiritual because the main quality of anything that is spiritual in nature is the fact that it is not limited by time and space and i'm going to share with you a test from another spiritual document and you see how it rhymes completely with the original sin because you see if you want to understand the original sin i'm going to read this particular passage is the second passage from uh, the Tao Te Ching by, by Lao Tzu and it says this when people see some things as beautiful other things become ugly when people see some things as good other things become bad being and non-being create each other difficult and easy support each other long and short define each other high and low depend on each other before and after follow each other therefore the master acts without doing anything and teaches without saying anything. Things arise and she lets them come. Things disappear and she lets them go. She has but doesn't possess, act but doesn't expect. When her work is done, she forgets it. That is why it lasts forever. And in the Bible, you will find the same parallels. You see, so when in Genesis, God said, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Lao Tzu, who wrote this and lived long before Jesus Christ and the Bible was actually put together, stated the same thing. And that is one thing about spirituality because the truth is one. It doesn't matter whether it's coming from Buddhism or Christianity or from Taoism. If it is true, it is not going to be bound by a place, a time, a, a label, or whatever. Truth is truth. 
and that is an example of in fact that is a more detailed breakdown of what it means if we talk of the original sin so basically when god said the day that you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and knowledge of good and evil is basically saying that i am first you are last i am rich you are poor because in the absence of poor people being rich has no significance but then rich people only exist because poor people have been created and that is part of everything which the world teaches us it is the reason why we live in a world where we see other people suffering and somehow we feel that that has nothing to do with us you see people go to church you know they they go to church and what are they praying for they are praying to be ahead of other people you know and people will find some skewed justification from certain parts of the bible to say that oh yeah we are supposed to uh, you know live in abundance we are supposed to live in riches no because you see this is one fact that anybody who say they are true believers of the bible must ask themselves and consider honestly in genesis chapter 3 the part that i just read which is from verse it starts really from verse 2 verse 1 but this chapters 1 and 2 is where god created the work he said everything was good and he said be fruitful and again this is another topic i'll come to but when god said be fruitful this is another thing that has been taken to me their children but then one of the things i struggle to sometimes understand is this if christians really are following jesus christ and jesus christ himself did not have any children should he not have been the example to us in you know, other so if really we are supposed to bear fruit and fruit our children well jesus should be setting the example But he didn't in the same way as when he talk of for this reason a man shall leave uh, you know their their home and cleave or join their wife and two shall become one again these are spiritual tests which refer to elements within the one human body you know it is not about you know when we talk of fruitfulness for instance If we go into the New Testament, then we will know the fruit of the spirit because it is spelled out. And those are not human beings, but they are really attributes what we produce through our work. And and we are able to see that, you know, from some of the giants who have walked the face of this ambiguous by their fruits by their deeds you shall know that they are the children of god and so it is not really by who says or shouts the most but rather your spirituality your your purpose it's seen or born in the work that you do and i always refer to the likes of 
Nelson Mandela, you know, um, Dr. King, you know, and there are many. Gandhi, you know, um, you talk of Steve Jobs and all these people, people that we talk about them today. Because you see, when the Bible said in Genesis that for when you eat this tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. I think the death that is being spoken here is not a physical death. But then the moment you eat of the knowledge of good and evil, in other words, you begin or you come to believe that this is good. When you believe one thing, you become dead to every other thing. And that is where most people, you know, people of faith are locked in. You know, they, they, they are dead to the rest or to a whole lot of things out there simply because they have come to believe that this is it. We, we, we go to church on Saturdays or we don't do this. We immerse people in water. We don't do this. And, and they are more concerned about dogma rather than actually bearing fruits that are beneficial, fruits that the rest of the world, people will come from far and near to benefit because that is really our charge. Our charge is not to be good uh, Christians. It's like saying that um, somebody is a very, very good student and somehow they don't translate their being a good student into being a useful citizen for their, for themselves, first and foremost, their families and their community. Because the essence of a person's education is not the achievements that you get in school or on the certificate. It's about how those things translate to become meaningful. Because at the end of the day, you know, a test is something that you did at a point in time, but the product of your life is what really lasts forever. And understanding sin and how our world actually conditions us is very important because uh, recently we we know that the world is engulfed in so many things one being in particular the black lives movement you know and i speak to many people and i say to them look it's gonna be difficult and people are not born racist or people are not born to think that they are superior than other people. If you watch children playing, it doesn't matter what background they come from. They don't see differences. It is only after we have conditioned them that they begin to see that, okay, I am white, you are brown or black or Asian or this or that. I am. But until then, until we have successfully done our thing to them, children do not see that. And that is where we have some of the God consciousness in us, the Adam in us. So when there is Black Lives Movement and we are talking about the fact that there is this systemic racism, it, it, it exists everywhere. And, you know, it is evident perhaps more in the uh, black and white divide, especially in the case of America. 
But in every respect, you know, we live in the UK. Sometimes northerners feel like they are being discriminated against, and it is a part of our nature. It is a part of our nature where we want to feel that we have something that makes us feel like, oh, we are better than the other people. And so, until and unless we change that habit, you know, that desire, that wanting to be better than everybody else, these things will continue to go on. And I, I speak to friends and I say to them, look, what if we, we think of our world differently? What if we we don't see negativity? What if we don't see everyone as being anti or, you know, this is black, this is white, white, you know, they are white, so they don't like me and they are black, they don't, you know, they, they are thinking evil. What if we don't think like that? And what if for once we, we begin to visualize a more peaceful world? And now I came across a TED presentation recently where someone just eloquently spoke about the impact of a society where everybody was guaranteed a universal basic income. And this actually led to you know, some significant changes, crime rate drop, people's health got better, you know, and people were working more, there were no slacking in work and everything. And I think that is the beauty because we have created artificial uh, jobs. Sometimes people do things just because they have to do things to put food on the table. But what if there is somebody who loves to cheer people up, speak to older people, and therefore they'll be happy to go around and just visit some older folks who are lonely and just brighten their day. Now, if they do that today, it might not pay their mortgage and it might not, you know, put food on the table. But what if such a person is guaranteed that where they are going to sleep and what they are going to eat is provided, and therefore they can go out there and express themselves in according as, you know, they have been enabled. Imagine the sort of world that we are going to create. And we can create that if people, individuals on their own, start, you know, from our own small corner. We shouldn't allow money or fame or what other people say to define what we do or our contribution. If we find that which we are passionate about and um, do not allow ourselves to be caught in the competitive rat race where you want to get the new phone or the new TV or do this because other people are doing that, I believe that gradually we will be able to effect change right from the ground up because we need to something is going to change. We, we, we cannot. The present system is not sustainable and there needs to come a time when the majority should be enlightened enough to say that no we want to see the world differently i am very hopeful and i'm very confident because i see a lot of signs and a lot of things around and i believe that little by little with you and i spreading the word and having this dialogue maybe just maybe 
we will create the kind of world that we desire. My name is Michael Ankren. I thank you for listening. I shall be with you again soon. Thank you for listening.